0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to CSM Secrets, key insights from influential customer success leaders. And in today's episode, we have Justin Stakrani, Chief Customer Officer at SecureLink. Now, Justin has a very diverse profile. He's been in sales, he's been in technology leadership, and he's now driving customer success. And he takes pride in the fact that he's comfortable leading a team of sales or technical leaders as much as he is serving as the subject matter expert for mission critical projects. And when I spoke to him, the conversation was about growth, profit, and customer-centric mission. Let's find out more from him. Welcome, Justin, to CSM Secrets with influential customer success leaders. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. So let's just jump right in. So um, your your uh, when when I came to know about you and when I was going through your uh, uh, you know your achievements in LinkedIn. One takeaway for me for your very diverse experience, it just oozes scale and growth at the heart of it. Tell us about your experience helping organizations scale with customer success as a central element. Some examples, some strategies that have always worked to achieve scale with customers in mind or the customer success as your first priority.
1: Sure thing. Yeah, and um, so I have been in a customer success field before there was a term customer success. So in many ways, we we sort of got lucky or or stumbled into this thing. Uh, When I first started uh, selling software, most companies did the traditional thing where you sold something for as much as a customer would pay for it, and then they paid some percentage, maybe 18%, every year thereafter, And we were so small, no one would pay us that much. So we stumbled into this subscription growth just as a way to um, get some initial traction. And as a result, we had to have a high commitment to service um, and had to come from the top down with that point of view in order to stay alive and keep these customers long enough to, um, to have a future as a company. And so um, just as a result, I think the things that have led to our success is having that commitment to service from the very beginning um, before the economics even made sense, which then allowed us to scale with um, customer retention and customer growth Um, and and NRR and and revenue retention as a core part of our business, as opposed to maybe high revenue, high customer acquisition as the central theme to our business.
0: Great. Fantastic. So you've had a career in sales and then pivoted to the topmost job in customer success, as I understand. How -hmm. did you manage to bridge the difference when you pivoted from sales, which is very... Um, you know, revenue-led and um, towards a yeah, customer success uh, leadership role, where you know your your focus is not uh, so much on revenue, but more on customer service and retention, as you rightly said. How did you change or grow? How did you bridge this gap? What new skills that you brought to the table?
1: Sure, and I would offer, you know, perhaps a a different point of view on the idea that customer success is not revenue focused. I think there are two ways to think of customer success leadership at the highest level. One is as a offshoot of service leadership, which of course it is. We want to retain customers um, and we want to have, deliver outstanding customer experiences. But ultimately, our companies are in the business of increasing revenue and driving outgrowth uh, valuations, and so I think of customer success as a profit center. I think of it as a growth engine, and it's that sales framework that I bring to customer success. Um, I think if you are coming at it solely from a you know NPS customer satisfaction there's that risk of still turning into a cost center. You know, how much does it cost to service our customers? I think of it in, instead of reducing, you know, fees around providing service, I think of it like a growth of our customers every year from 2% to 5% to 10%. And what um, what impact does that have on the valuation and revenue for our business?
0: So you spoke about a framework, right? You said uh, you just used the word uh, sales framework, which got me very interested. Mm-hmm. What exactly it is? Like, do you really have an actual framework that you've put together, or you're talking in the in the traditional sales parlance? Uh, can you talk to us more about it?
1: Yeah, I would say a, a little bit, uh, a little bit of both. So basically, it starts with what are my KPIs and how am I measured? And my number one KPI is uh, net recurring net revenue retention. Uh, And that's what I report to our executive leadership team and to our board, which is um, how much are we growing our pool of customers uh, every year? And that's the number that our customer success managers are bonus to and um, our account managers and renewal specialists and everything like that. And then the supportive uh, metrics are um, things like NPS, resolution time, response time, etc. And so we're always thinking, how can we grow these customers? How can we drive to an ROI? Rather than how can the first instinct being, how can we make for happy customers um, and things like that. Which this is, is not to say we don't care about happy customers, but it is we realize that happy customers are a supportive metric to increasingly valuable customers.
0: Right, right. And could you just talk to me about uh, you know personal skills that that you that has helped you to grow, uh, or rather pivot from sales to customer success? Right. Any specific skills that that you took. Um, to be so successful in CSM, um, if you can talk about that.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a key differentiator that when I'm coaching, you know, someone who is maybe beginning their career in customer success and trying to become more effective or on into to management is to move from being reactive to prescriptive. I always use the analogy of a doctor. So if you you know, had a sore throat and you went to go see a doctor and this doctor said, well, I don't know, what would you like to do? You're the customer. I want to provide excellent service, so tell me how you'd like to proceed. You would probably not think that was a very good doctor. You would rather have someone to say, all right, let me ask you five questions. Here's what I think we're going to do. Your customers want a doctor. They don't want someone who's going to do a clinical interview and then ask you how you want to proceed. So that means setting mutual account plans from the very beginning that create ROI for the business that uh, you are delivering a solution to, and then holding your customer accountable and providing... In teaching them something new and providing them new skills, that's how you become a trusted advisor. And I think those are the same things that really great salespeople have in common. So it's not really salespeople close really aggressively and they're only money motivated and customer success managers are high empathy and they don't care about revenue. I think the best of both Parts drive solutions to customer for their customers. So, and then the money naturally follows from there.
0: That's beautiful. Um, you just spoke about, uh, you know, uh, when you were answering uh, initially. You said customer success is the is, is the new revenue center for every organization. And I'm reading it everywhere, like the LinkedIn posts or the news articles, are now very openly calling out that the customer success is actually the revenue center of a company. Now. My question is, is this just for SaaS companies, software as a service companies, or how do you see the spanning out for you know, enterprise software or hardware OEMs or any unusual industries you think will also pick up a very similar trend where the customer success organization takes over the center stage as the revenue or the profit
1: center? I think you will see it everywhere, and you do see it everywhere. Um, there is it's a it's a customer life cycle stage um, that you see that has always played out. At the beginning, um, customer companies to grow need to acquire new customers. And uh, so sales is king. We need new customers. We need to grow. We have five customers. we need to get to a hundred customers. But eventually, when you start saturating and uh, driving, uh, saturating in market share a little bit it's much more important how are we going to hold on to the customers how are we going to compete how it's getting harder and harder to there's only so many hospitals so many casinos so many mobile phone users whatever it is so how do we drive more interest make the product stickier, et cetera. So I would say it is, uh, I think you will see it. Um, and it's something that's inevitable that every company should be thinking about as they continue to grow.
0: Yeah, so what you're saying is that the tools and the metrics that we follow today, largely for software as a service, is actually very relevant for any business and they can actually adopt the same. Yeah, yeah That's that's what that's what you see.
1: Absolutely, but, and it's the mindset of thinking of yourself as a revenue driver in customer success, not just, you know, this, this uh, customer service yeah. Uh, role.
0: Yeah, how do, you, how do you drive that in your organization? How do you drive a mindset of growth and uh, revenue and profitability in your organization and in your team? How do you bring that culture and mindset shift?
1: Well, we measure it and we report on it. We we look at ARR growth per customer success manager. We look at what uh, we tier our customers. This interaction is uh, has this value. This interaction has this value. This customer is frustrated, um, which has this amount of revenue at stake. And so it's top of mind. The, the impact that each one of these individuals have. And if somebody grows their book of business from five million to six million, that is celebrated and, and talked about. We, yes, do we talk about NPS scores? Sure. Do we talk about case efficiency? Definitely. But everybody knows the role that they have in growing the value of our business.
0: Great. So any, any specific tools? Do you use homegrown tools or you've adopted any industry standard tools or or it's just every format that your organization follows?
1: Um, yeah, we, we look at, uh, we use Salesforce and we use Gainsight to capture our um, calls to action and to be able to look at our customers holistically. But we're also starting to look at a new suite of solutions that I'm really excited about. I think in 2022 and beyond, you're going to start seeing um, AI and this idea of a customer intelligence platform start to take an outsized role where um, it's going to gather all the little micro interactions and data and trends and keywords and start delivering actionable insights to customers. So we're looking at a few solutions right now that will allow us to have, you know, to reach out to customers right at the moment that they're frustrated or having an amazing experience where we can drive the most value. And, And we're really excited about that
0: yeah so you you did talk about um, uh, you know the tools and skills and you know and i'm hearing from all leaders such as yourself that uh, business intelligence and analytics is going to is going to become a, a major wave in uh, customer success and mainly churn prevention but my question goes back to fundamentals right let's say a customer is disappointed with you right mm-hmm. and and they, it's not usually Very obvious in the feedback, what caused the disappointment. Tools cannot tell you why a customer is disappointed, why they are not getting a sense of satisfaction. Right? So, how do you go beyond uh, tools to understand customer sentiment and prevent churn? Are there any best practices that you follow?
1: Well, yes. I think um, giving customers a lot of uh, forums to speak to you, um, whether that is, uh, yeah. Making sure that they're hearing from us uh, through a lot of automated communications that were easy to get in touch with. However, there are, um, there's a, uh, a company called uh, Stylo, for example, that actually generates a frustration score that their whole uh, business model is telling you through mm-hmm. analyzing text. These customers are disappointed, and these customers are more disappointed or frustrated, and because of this key word and this language, this is the reason they're frustrated. So I think you will see, it sounds crazy, but you will see technology that can say your customers are increasingly frustrated over the user experience of your product or your service levels, et cetera. And when that happens, we just want to make sure that they're hearing from us, that they know where to who to talk to. And we've that's where all that work of establishing a relationship and establishing rapport and trust, hopefully they will reach out to us and give us a chance to make it right.
0: Got it. And, and what are the key metrics that you measure in your business reviews with customers, right? Like you're you're the head of customer success. So if there are three or four metrics that you continuously review on a monthly or a quarterly and, and, and watch over uh, very close, what are those uh, metrics, mainly the business reviews that you do with customers jointly, right? What are sure. the shared and common metrics?
1: So what we look at is um, usage and every company has their own spin on, you know, what con, uh, what constitutes usage. But we'll look at a trailing 13-week average so we can smooth out and really see trends of usage and know, you know, if a customer is flat or a customer is declining, we need to know about that. And we want to talk to our customer about that. So that's not something we're shy about. We look at initiatives. Here's what you committed to do or what we agreed would be important this year. Where does it stand... Is there budget? Are there risks? Do you need to drive accountability on your end, or are you waiting on us? So we'll track you know, what we'll call projects, and we'll even have a project parking lot that we'll say, is now the time you want to launch this new initiative or roll out to Europe or, uh, or whatever it is? Um, and then we'll look at um, budget and spend. And things like that at, at a high level, because we want we want to focus on ROI and have the money be a collaborative experience rather than this thing of, all right, here's the part where we try to sell you something. If we are able to tie all of our conversations around initiatives and ROI, then the it's less of this feeling of having to be a salesperson in in customer success but we try to keep it high level business reviews yeah. too often fall into product roadmap or product bugs or support things so we have a monthly tactical review for our most strategic customers that hopefully takes care of all those lower level things
0: awesome thank you so um, that brings us to the end of you know the serious questions that we were discussing now we are going to, you know, throw you onto a rapid fire round so that we understand you a little uh, better and for the fun part of this podcast. Um, right. So you're ready? You're okay. I'm ready. Okay. So you're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back, and you're likely working from there forever. What are the three functions at work you would take along with you to be a successful CSM from there?
1: I think um, I would want. More and more, uh, the role of CS Ops, someone to manage the tech stack and all of the data that's coming in that we increasingly rely on. Uh, I have a great relationship with our uh, with our sales leader, and I think between the two, the customer lifecycle is more and more becoming more like a flywheel, where we're increasingly influencing new sales. But new sales is, of course, growing our pool of customers. So we need to have a great symbiotic relationship there. And then I love our um, our enterprise um, account management team. So the ones that really own those relationships and drive success. We're starting to um, have more products and try to go up market. And so our ability to execute um, Across other business units and have strategic relationships is increasingly important.
0: Okay. Three skills where CS differs from sales.
1: Um, well, customer success needs to have this. Uh, prescriptive mentality. They, they are uh, built upon trust. They have must take a long-term view. So they're, I think of them as like planting these little dragon eggs that are going to take five years to, uh, to hatch, but uh, they need to be given the space to do that. Um, and I really think uh, they also they align with the champions and the user experience and really help tell the story of the customer as opposed to aligning with the buying experience of the customer.
0: All right. So three skills that you're looking for in aspiring CS candidates. Anyone that joins your team got to have those three skills.
1: I I would love for them to be problem solvers and to ask a lot of questions They really want to be able to articulate back what they're hearing in the customer's own words, have the customer nodding vigorously, and then provide it's that prescriptive approach um, that's going to resonate. So you understand first and you won't stop asking questions until you understand. And then you take control and tell the customer, uh, and have the assertiveness to tell the customer what you think they should do. I love, of course, customer success managers who are have high empathy and want to provide great uh, service. I think those are table stakes, but I want ones that love solving difficult challenges.
0: Awesome. So there is if there is one favorite cartoon character that represents a good CSM according to you, I mean, in reflecting back, which one would you choose?
1: You know, I like Foghorn Leghorn, the giant chicken. <laughs> yeah, he always um, seems pretty wise, uh, but is very affable uh, and is uh, Yogi Bear. Maybe comes to mind too. They're always sort of taking the lead, uh, creating new adventures, and, and you, you you trust them, but but they make things fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> those are good ones. So you're most inspired by whom, why, and what? What drives you every day to your work at CS? What inspires you the most? What drives you the most?
1: I am bored super easily, which is, you know, maybe not my greatest strength, but it's true. And so what inspires me um I- every day. Every day, the company, our company, is a little more complex, and there's new tools, um, uh, new challenges, and so I love being over my skis a little bit and learning something new and solving new challenges, and that's really what I'm motivated by is is knowledge. And now there's a whole new generation of people. Uh, and teammates who think about the world in a new way and know a lot more than I do about a lot of things. And it's fun to work with them as well.
0: Awesome. It's great to hear that. And your inputs on diversity. uh, I mean, are are you consciously uh, building a diverse team and you think uh, women do well? Because there are some uh, natural skills that women bring to customer success. is something that I've heard leaders all over the globe say, do you agree with that point of view and your thoughts on diversity in general?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, to have a diverse workforce, um, we have a diverse customer base and diverse sets of challenges. And more and more, we need different perspectives to be able to have the best answers to uh, to the challenges that we're trying to address, as far as women in CS, I mean, they, I, I think it's probably true that they have some natural skills of empathy, but they, um, they're also so hardworking, and um, in general, uh, I think they do extremely well in gaining trust uh, and and driving driving solutions. I would say the majority of the uh, CSMs on our team are are females.
0: Wow, that's that's great to know. It's awesome, fantastic. And my last question to you, Rich, a strategy that has never failed you in handling tough situations and tough customers. What is your strategy? And yeah.
1: Yeah, my strategy is... Uh, I use this in everything um, the the goal of an argument of of winning an argument is not to be right it is to achieve your desired outcome so I first i try to figure out what a success looked like for this customer and I plan for that and I figure out how do we get this customer to be successful and then I ask questions and I don't i don't offer any solutions until I can exactly restate the customer's uh, challenge back to them. Because I find if you get the customer to say, yeah, that's right, I am frustrated, and you you totally get it. I am disappointed. I thought it would be this way, and it's not, and that frustrates me. Just being able to get to that point of shared understanding you're ninety percent of the way to a solution because now you can say, "All right, well, how are we going to fix this?" And um, rather than coming at it defensively or, you know, trying to get them to see my point of view, that's not my job. My job is to find consensus and then move forward as partners.
0: Yeah, well said. Very well said. And finally, uh, you know, any any parting. Thoughts, comments, quotes, words that you would leave, leave for our listeners or any, um, you know, references to yourself that you want to leave behind for
1: our listeners? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, in terms of there, you may have a lot of listeners and one thing I hear all the time is, how do I get to the next step in my career? I would just say, you own your career, make a plan, look for the job that you want and find mentors to um, help you explore those gaps. And um, don't be afraid to have conversations, saying, "You know, can you help me get to this place in five years? And you can? Can you tell me where my gaps are? And and uh, you know, try to be active in forming the relationships and." And addressing those, try to be prescriptive in your career rather than reactive, kind of floating along on a like a branch on a stream. And you know, it's, I, I don't really have a you know uh, uh, anything to promote, but I will say I'm always happy to talk to anybody. Love talking about customer success or careers or the state of the industry. So I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, and uh, don't hesitate to reach out if I can ever be of assistance.
0: Thank you so much. Uh... Justin, it was a pleasure talking to you, and thanks for being our host today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that's the end of today's episode. Until we see you next time with yet another customer success leader, stay tuned, keep learning, and take care of your customers. Thank you.